Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, September the 13th, 2022. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast, which, by the way, if you ever need to give me any feedback about the podcast, reach out to me about the podcast. You can do that at Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. That is the email address for the podcast so yeah uh so love to hear from you yeah, hey what what god's doing in your life suggestions for the podcast feedbacks about feedback about the podcast all that stuff love to hear it so uh bible study podcast 2020 at gmail.com is where you can reach out about uh the content format whatever prayer request whatever you want um well it's awesome all right welcome everybody it is Tuesday. It's the middle of the uh, the week. Oh, I also want to give a plug. We, you know, one of the things we do is we do readings from C.S. Lewis. There's a uh, a movie that came out about a couple years ago. I think uh, there have been several C.S. Lewis movies, uh, but there was one called The uh, Most Reluctant Convert uh, about C.S. Lewis, and it's not very long, which I like. Uh, it's about an hour and a half or less, even. But really gives you a good uh, kind of insight into his story in terms of like uh, his childhood, uh, his uh, career, and really uh, how he became a Christian. C.S. Lewis. It's the movie. The movie is called uh, "The Most Reluctant Convert." Christy and I watched it just the entire thing just uh, over the weekend. Yeah, very interesting. See a different. I've seen other movies from about C.S. Lewis. Um, uh, forget the one that was years ago. Um, mm, forget the name of it. But anyway, there was one about his life. But this one is uh, the most one of the most recent, and uh, it's good. Gives you insight. And again, as I said, it's uh, really uh, only uh, about an hour and a half long. It's good. The most reluctant convert, if you want to kind of hear a little bit more about C.S. Lewis and his conversion to Christianity from atheist uh, to a Christian. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, you know what we do? Uh, we read, we pray, we change the world. So we start by reading the Word of God. We'll be reading Psalm chapter 9 today. Uh, welcome, everybody. So glad to have everybody on. Uh, whenever you're listening to this, whether it's in the morning, over your morning coffee, on your morning commute, or while you're jogging, or sitting outside when you should be working, whatever, you know, whatever. All for the cause of Christ. <laughs> it's, all, it's all for the cause of Jesus. All right. Psalm chapter 9. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Ann. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. You know, we could stop right there and just go out and do that. 
this lit today, just do that. Uh, first of all, enter into this day with thankfulness. Just be thankful for what you got, for all God has done for you. I will give thanks to you, Lord, what, with all my heart. No, no, uh, no envy, uh, no regret, no uh, jealousy, nothing other than thankfulness to the Lord. With all my heart. Say that. Sometimes we say that, but it's not always true. <laughs> Lord, I love you with all my heart. With all your heart? Come on now. Uh, okay, well, it, uh, five-eighths of my heart. <laughs> yeah. But just let's just do this today. Let's give thanks to the Lord with all our hearts, and let's tell of his wonderful deeds. It's a good, it's a good deal. I'll tell of his wonderful deeds. Tell people how good God has been to you. Yeah, verse 2. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Ever think about that little phrase, in you? I will be glad and rejoice in you. What is it saying? It's like, um, in relationship. Uh, I am in relationship with you, Lord. And I will be glad, I will be content, I will rejoice in that relationship uh, with you. Uh, as a Christian, we are in Christ. We are, we are in the body of Christ. We are in Jesus. Jesus is in us, and we are in him. Uh, he is in us through his Holy Spirit, but we are in Christ. We are in the body of Christ. We are in the family of God. And so I will be glad and rejoice in the family of God, in Christ. Yeah, and I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you. For you have, for you have upheld my, my right and my cause. Hmm. Man, think about the times that God came to your defense, protected you, led you out of danger and harm. Man. I'm tell you, man, there have been some times over the course of, you know, some ideas in Christian leadership. Uh, I've seen the Lord come to my defense. You know, just trust the Lord. Just do the right thing. I don't always do the right thing. But there have been times when just trust the Lord and, uh, and, and keep doing the right thing. Take the high road. And you see that your enemies start turning away. Man, that's a good feeling, right? It's a good feeling when you follow the Lord and you, your enemies are in pursuit of you. Uh, adversaries, people trying to bring you down, people trying to discourage you, try to harm you, maybe not physically, but you're, you're harm you emotionally or harm your character. And you just keep walking. You just keep walking the right way. You just keep serving the Lord. Just keep your, your head above water and your, keep your integrity and keep serving God the way you should. And maybe you need to hear this today. Because you got enemies on your tail. You just need to keep following Jesus, keep walking the right way, keep taking the high road. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to turn over your shoulder like this. You're going to turn back over your right shoulder. I can't turn very much over my right shoulder right now because I got a pinched nerve. But you, just, you, got, you got to work with me, people. Just work. Just, just, just work. Just, just work with me, people. But you know, well, you get the point. You look back over your right shoulder, they turn it around. Those enemies, they turn around. They peeling off one by one. They've fallen out. 
they fall out they get out of the game they stop they're not chasing you anymore why because the lord has come to your defense yeah i've seen it happen man you see it happen you follow the lord and people that want to see you fail you turn around they ain't there no more mm. come on somebody you turn around and what they ain't there no more God took care of that. So, yeah. So you just got to keep doing the right thing. I ain't saying he killed them or nothing. I, ain't, I mean, don't be that. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he took them out. Like, they still breathing. They just ain't chasing you. <laughs> it's like, I don't care if you're still breathing. Just stop chasing me, all right? Stop trying to bring me down. Stop trying to bring your brother down. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you. For you have, have upheld my right and my cause, sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. He is, man. He's righteous. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken my enemies. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. Ooh-wee! David, like, look. I remember I was running, hiding, afraid for my very life. I look around now, I'm still standing. Come on. Look, some of you have been through some battles. You've been through some struggles. You've been through some fights. But look, all those people who thought you were going to be out, you're going to be down and out, guess what? You're still standing. Here I am. I'm still standing. I'm looking around. It's been the Lord that's carried me. That's what David's saying. Look, cities are destroyed. People, all these people who had these causes to bring, they're, they're, they they gone. Endless ruin is overtaking my enemies. Verse 7. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness. Yes, sir. And judges the peoples with equity. There's that word again, peoples. He judges the peoples. <laughs> he judges all the peoples. He judges all the peoples. But he rules the world in righteousness. Our God is righteous, man. He does the right thing always. God always does the right thing. And he judges people with equity. Verse 9, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Hmm. Maybe you need to hear that today. You're feeling, you're feeling, man, you're running for your life. You need, some re, you need some refuge. You need some peace. You need some tranquility. You need some protection. There, there it is right there. The Lord is your refuge. He's a refuge for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble. Man, how I many of you can testify that Jesus has been your stronghold in times of trouble? Right here, man. Right here. Many times. It's been a stronghold in my time of trouble. What's a stronghold? It's a safe place. It's a place that uh, can't be defeated, can't be attacked. It's strong. It's a stronghold against attack. It's a uh, it's a safe place, right? It's a it's a it's a fortified uh, uh, installation that keeps uh, all the adversary out. You're safe there. You're protected there. And God is your safe place. He is your stronghold. Man, praise the Lord. He is your stronghold in times of trouble. Mm. 
Some of us, some, some people today, it's, it's crazy how many times people will run to so many different things thinking that that's going to be their stronghold. Whether it's uh, trying to run to chemicals or trying to run to new relationships or try to run after money, after power, whatever, after sex, whatever it is. This stuff ain't your stronghold, man. God is your stronghold. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. He's a stronghold in times of trouble. Hmm. That's what's going to hold us. That's what's going to protect us. That's what's going to uh, help us to weather the storms of life. Who? The Lord. The Lord God Almighty, the one who is most high. Yeah. And he loves you. He wants you to run to him. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Man, look at that. Man, look at that. Verse 10. You got you to gotta, you gotta underline that. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. You get the imagery here? It's like you think about being under attack or being in a, a desperate situation, being oppressed, um, just seeking refuge, seeking shelter, just running for help. And could you imagine running to a place of help and then finding the door locked? Like you can't, they won't let you in. Like they could help you, but they won't. And um, you go to the door and you shake the door, but it, it's empty. Or you go to, to, to a safe place that ends up being not safe at all. It becomes a, a, uh, it becomes a an in, an further enslavement. But here, verse 10 says, those who know your name, those who know the Lord's name, those who know God, a relationship with the Lord God Almighty, you run to him, and he has never forsaken those who seek him. In other words, he's never going to lock the door. You're never going to run to the Lord and find that door locked. That door is always going to be open. You're always going to be able to run in and find shelter and refuge from every storm in his presence. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Verse 11. So let's praise then. huh? Let's get our praise on. Sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers. He who does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Lord, see how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy and lift me up from the gates of death. That I may declare your praises in the gates of the daughter of Zion. And there rejoice in your salvation. Man, let's rejoice in his salvation. It's a lot to rejoice about in the salvation of the Lord. All the little, little minor deliverances he's given us throughout the years. But the major deliverance he has given us from sin and death through the cross. That is, the, that is always reason. No matter what situation we're in, there's, that is always, man, that is always reason to praise. That he has de delivered us from the dominion of darkness. We've, we've entered into a relationship with God through Christ. That we've become a follower of Jesus and entered into that relationship, accepted his atoning sacrifice for sin, which he purchased and paid for with his own blood on the cross. If we entered into that relationship with God through that doorway, which is Jesus, then we have passed from death to life. 
We are no longer strangers and aliens to God. We are now sons and daughters, co-heirs with Jesus, and uh, have been given the Holy Spirit. Come on. You've been given, us the, been given the Holy Spirit as a down payment, securing our inheritance with all the saints. Come on. You got reason to celebrate. I don't care what your situation is today. If that's your, if that's your eternal situation, you're in good shape. Mm. Whatever shape you're in, you're in good shape. <laughs> Verse 15. The nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net they have hidden. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. He does the right thing. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. The Lord, he known by his justice. The wicked, they known by the, the, the nasty they do. <laughs> they ensnared by the work of their hands. Verse 17. The wicked go down to the realm of the dead. All the nations that forget God. Mm. The ones that forget God, they're going to be forgotten. But God will never, watch this, man, verse 18. God will never forget the needy. Oh, man. You got needs today? He ain't going to forget you. Those people around us that are in need, in great need, he's never going to forget them. God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. What won't perish? That hope. Verse 19. Arise, Lord. Do not let mortals triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with terror, Lord. I said that little pace there was a little off. Strike them with terror, Lord. Let the nations know they are only mortal. Mm. God, show them how it really is. Show them who balls. Yeah, you ever pray that? You know, show, show them who's boss, Lord. Come on, show them who's boss. Judge them by your presence. Let them see what is for real. Mm -hmm. And he will. He will. In due time, in due time, he will. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, God has always uh, got the door open ready for you. You can run to the hymn as a stronghold, and he will always welcome you in. Now, sometimes some people, they're not always like that. You know, they come sometimes lock the door. They see you come and they close the blinds. You know, they close the blinds, lock the door, act like nobody home. But not God. God sees you come and he throws open the blinds, unlocks the door, throws the door open, lets you in, and, and closes it behind you and put, make sure that you're safe. Middle of the night, wake up, worried, anxiety, run to the Lord. He's your, he's your refuge and shelter. Yeah. All right, let's read uh, C.S. Lewis, man. Let's see what C.S. Lewis had to say today. Uh, September 13th, the, the, uh, this passage is called On Giving. Maybe a little different than what we were talking about. I don't know. I never know. There's always common themes, but you never know which way it's going to take us. This is from uh, Mere Christianity. Uh, on Giving. Let's see what uh, Professor uh, Lewis is going to challenge us with today. In the passage where the New Testament says that everyone must work, it gives as a reason in order that he may have something to give to those in need. So in the New Testament, he's just saying, uh, they say that one of the reasons the New Testament says to work 
is uh, in order that he may have something to give. So generosity, right? So one of the reasons we work is not just to feed ourselves, not just to provide our own needs, but also to be able to be generous, to show charity to others. This is very, actually, this is connected quite well with the passage we just read, where over and over Jesus, uh, the Lord is saying he cares for the oppressed. He will never turn the needy away. So there's, there's some uh, segue here. Here we go. Charity, that is giving to the poor, is an essential part of Christian morality. In the frightening parable of the sheep and the goats, it seems to be the point on which everything turns. You remember that uh, the parable where it's a judgment parable, man. Matthew eighteen-ish, somewhere in Matthew, Matthew eighteen-ish, somewhere in there. Uh, maybe a little later than eighteen, twenty-something in there. Anyway, parable of the sheep and the goats. They all appear before uh, people were put appear before the judgment seat of God. And uh, it, it's the whole, uh, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink of water. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was naked, you clothed me. And uh, some folks, when they saw that, they respond to that. And, um, and people said, when did we do these things? And one group, and Jesus said, well, when you did it unto the least of these, you've done it to me. When, you've done it to, when you did it for these people, you did it for me. And likewise, if when you saw all those things and you turned them away, and they're like, when did we turn you away? When you turned those people away, you turned me away. And, and C.S. Lewis is saying, it seems like the whole point on that whole thing is about charity. It's about caring for other people. It's about caring for people in need. He right. Some people nowadays say that charity ought to be unnecessary and that instead of giving to the poor, we ought to be producing a society in which there were no poor to give. Ooh. Yeah, like you say, it seems like the people today they're just trying to make a socialist world. This is written in 1940s, man. This ain't written today, but it's happening today too. That's what he's saying. He says instead of challenging people to be charitable, there's this charge to try to create a society where there is where there is no poverty, where there's no poor people to give to. They may be quite right in saying that we ought to produce that this kind of society. But if anyone thinks that, as a consequence, you can stop giving in the meantime, then he has parted company with all Christian morality. So if you think you, and this, this is true, man, if people think that they can just, you know, focus, if we just elect the right people and get the right government and do the, and, and we can go all, all in after that, but neglect personal charity, personal kindness, personal uh, generosity, then we've, uh, we've parted ways with Christianity altogether. Christianity is not about creating a Christian, quote-unquote, society. It's not. From the left or the right, it's not. Christianity is not about creating a Christian society, i.e. government, human-led government. It's about advancing the kingdom of God, which is a spiritual kingdom with only one king, and it's not a man. Or a woman. So, if anyone thinks, as a consequence, you can stop giving in the meantime while you're you no know, uh, uh, working on the campaign trail, <laughs> you can't. I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. So it's not saying you know. It's like I don't know if you, if anyone could say this is what you ought to give. 
I'm afraid that I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. Hmm. Wow. Wow. You ever notice people who say they can't give? Um, never have enough. And the people who do give um, always have more than enough. People that don't give, it's like, oh, I just don't have enough to give. Mm. But the people who do give always have more than enough. That's what he's saying. I'm not telling you what you should give. I'm just thinking it should probably be more than you can spare. You know, it's not like you dig down in your pocket and you find a little lint ball. Oh, here you go, Jesus. Take that little lint ball and multiply that. Multiply that little lint ball that I that I have left in my pocket after I spent on everything else. But I got this little lint ball here that I want to help my neighbor with. Lord, can you multiply this lint ball into something really, really beautiful? Like a Big Mac? Can you turn this? Can you turn this limp ball into a Big Mac for my brother? Mm. Maybe that twenty dollars you wasted on all that other junk could have been turned into something too. You rascal. Okay, I'm sorry. I digress. Uh, in other words, if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc., is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we are probably giving away too little. Hmm. You keeping up with the Joneses? You doing all the things to keep up with the Joneses? Then you're probably not giving enough. Is what C.S. Lewis is saying. Ooh, I know, I know. It's early, y'all. This is probably not. Some of y'all are like, man, Pastor Terry, why are you gonna bring all that? I'm just telling you. I'm just reading the book, man. Just reading what C.S. Lewis said. If you're doing everything you can do to keep up with the Joneses, then you're probably not giving enough. <clears throat> man, C.S. Lewis fire right now. That's fire. You're probably giving away too little. If our charities do not at all pinch or hamper us like a pinched nerve in your neck, you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, like if you ain't got, if, if, you, if you're giving, don't feel like a pinched nerve or hamper you, cause you to have to change your, your behavior a little bit. Like, you, like if, you can, if, you, if your level of giving causes you to have to change nothing in your lifestyle, you probably ain't giving enough. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot do because our charity expenditure excludes them. In other words, I'm, I can't do that, man, because I'm giving. I can't do that because I'm donating. I can't do that because I'm helping this person or that. I, can't, I would love to do that, but you know what? Right now I can't because I'm not, not because I'm, you know, I'm trying to save up for the boat, but because I'm giving to such and such. Yeah. I'm speaking now of charities in the common way. Particular cases of distress among your own relatives, friends, neighbors, and employees, which God, as it were, forces upon your notice, may demand much more, even to the crippling and endangering of your own position. Whoa. It's like there's some times that God's going to require us to give to the point where it just cripples us. Some of you, some of you feel, have felt that. Family members, loved ones, sicknesses, maybe someone in your family got sick. And you had to give and, and contribute and help to the point that it crippled you. He's like, you know what? In a sense, you're just doing what God's called you to do. For many of us, the great obstacle to charity lies not in our luxurious living or desire for more money, but in our fear. Our fear of insecurity. Ooh. Come on now, C.S. Lewis. Why are you gonna bring that in here? Why are you gonna bring that? Why are you gonna you gonna start talking about lack of faith? Come on. He, but yeah, that's what he's saying. And why, why don't we give like we should? We're insecure. We're not really sure if God's gonna come through for us. This must often be recognized as a temptation. It's a temptation. 
Lack of generosity is a temptation to uh, doubt God. When God asks us to give, we've said this many times on this podcast, when God asks us to give, just like any act of obedience, it's not because God needs it. It's because we need to do it. And so in every, every, uh, every opportunity, it's a chance to, uh, to trust. Sometimes our pride also hinders our charity. We are tempted to spend more than we ought on our showy forms of generosity, <laughs> our tipping and hospitality, and less than we ought on those who really, really need our help. Wow. Wow. A reminder that God loves the oppressed. He loves those who are oppressed. He cares for them, and sometimes he cares for them through your pocketbook and mine. God loves the needy. He cares for the needy. He's never going to shut them out. He's never going to close them off. And sometimes he keeps, uh, he provides for them through your debit card and mine. Mm. That's our, that's our, uh, that's our calling to be light and hope in this world. And sometimes uh, we get the privilege of doing that through our financial resources. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thanks for being on today. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Thank you for the abundant ways in which you've blessed us, the most of all uh, through salvation uh, and also through a, a myriad of other ways, uh, financially, physically, emotionally, through relationships. You've blessed us abundantly. God, we pray that we would hold everything lightly and that we would be those who would be willing to give generously to those in need. Lord, I pray that we would go out today and make the most of this day, that we will give thanks to you with all our hearts that we would tell of your, your wonderful deeds and what we say and what we do and what we give. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for spending some time with us today. I hope this has been an encouragement to you, at least giving you some things to think about, to ponder, go out and make it a great day, you guys. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.